Welcome to another edition of the SC Time Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is fellow prep sports reporter Brian Mosey. Brian, we're finally, you know, getting kind of down to the end of football. Your volleyball's getting a little closer. We have we finally finished all our all-metro teams for the rest of the sports, so um, it, it's kind of a changing time now as we get into November here. Yeah, it's okay to have about two sports to go cover, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, I I think you and I have been running around left and right. And so to be honest, like this past week was kind of a little different, which was good um, just because we had, we didn't have swimming. We didn't have uh, soccer. We didn't have all those different sports. So we were able to focus. And then we were also getting ready for election stuff, which we kind of put on different hats yesterday for, for that, for the election day, but uh, definitely a lot of stuff coming out from that. So definitely a, a good week, a good start to the week as we get ready for, volleyball and football on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, definitely. You know, there it was it's a bit of a different week for sports just because of that no teams playing last night on election night. Um, and now Wednesday is normal, no sports happening. So um, kind of a slower start to the week. We did have some volleyball Monday that we'll talk about a little later. Um, and we'll also get into our football picks and also recap where we were at last week for football and volleyball games. Um, but to start, we're going to talk a little bit um, for just a couple minutes before we get into football about our all-metro teams that came out. Um, they've been kind of happening as we've recorded the last week or the last couple weeks we've been writing them and they started to release last week um, and just finally wrapped up on Monday with um, swimming being the final one. But we did boys and girls soccer, um, girls tennis, girls swimming, and then boys and girls cross country were all featured um, and started with cross country last Wednesday and Thursday, I believe. Um, and yeah, so we, we ran through those. We each did three of those. Um, Brian, for some of yours, do you just want to highlight, um, I guess kind of some of the teams that stood out or some of the, the things that stayed kind of, um, consistent or, you know, that had a lot of people for some of the different teams. Yeah. I mean, kind of starting off, um, I know you had, uh, cross country go out right away the first couple of days. And then right after that was girls tennis. And that was one that I'd kind of took the lead on and, um, Tech and Ricori were kind of the standouts for the first team on that on on that particular um, sport. Uh, no surprise, Ashley Taroli getting that uh, first team honors. Uh, I think she is like two hundred and fifty and oh, or you know, I think she might be reaching thousands for women. <laughs> I know. I mean, so no, she she's had an impressive impressive career and um, being a senior. Definitely deserve to be on that first team um, for sure. And then um, later on in the weekend, we had uh, the, the girls soccer metro all metro team be released, and um, quite a bit of Sartell and Cathedral names on that first team. Just with how impressive they had um, with being able to win the section, um, as well as Cathedral kind of being able to have. I mean, they, they already had quite a few girls on, on the team last year. Um, and with just what they were able to do this year, um, definitely deserving of, of getting that first team again. Kind of the shocking spot was was the amount of goalies um, for girls soccer. I mean, um, it was definitely a, a tough decision with when you have Chloe Swanson and Tori Anderson and Maggie Fernholtz. Obviously, you only have two spots and there's three players. So, um, so that one was a little bit more difficult, but, uh, but yeah. And then to kind of wrap up the all metros, we had girls swimming and diving come out, um, and Sartell and Cathedral once again, kind of taking over the, 
the majority of the spots there is, there was one um, tech girl swimmer, um, Kirsten Nelson, but otherwise the majority of it was, was based around Sartell and Cathedral after Sartell won conference and sections and Cathedral won conference and sections. So kind it of, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, kind of hard to throw anybody else in there when, when you're having that much of a dominant performance, but yeah, definitely a lot of fun to, to do a little different this year when, you know, you don't have, especially for like swimming and diving, because typically you have at least a handful of girls going to the state tournament and, and being able to see their numbers from state and how much it's changed from sections and such. Um, this year, obviously no state. So a little bit more difficult in the sense of choosing people. But, um, but I think, I think so far, it seems like most people have been pretty open to, to what, what we decided. And um, we also did get quite a bit of nomination help from all the coaches and such. So thank you to them for, for putting up their nominations and being able to, um, being able to help us with our, with our selections. But what did you kind of see from your teams? Yeah, for cross country, there were a lot of different athletes that made it from um, a variety of different schools on the guys side. Um, there were two runners from Apollo on the first team and the girls, there was two from Albany. So, um, but beyond that, Sartell had, Sartell and Ricori for the girls had a lot of success, finished pretty well at sections along with um, Albany Cathedral, who had a couple runners. So it was pretty spread out for both of those. Um, and yeah, for, for guys too, it was pretty, it was pretty well-rounded. There was a lot of different runners that had some, some personal best times at the end of the year that really came on strong. So um, a good showing for both cross countries. And then for soccer uh, tech had five on the first team, not surprisingly when you win, you know, third straight section title, only lost one game this year. So um, they had a big showing out on the first team. But um, for soccer, too, there was there's a lot of different representation from Apollo, Sartell, Soccer Rapids on the first team, um, and a couple more of those. And also Cathedral had um, a couple of players that were all state in Jake Maynard and Connor Drone. And then um, for Tech, Joe Pearson and uh, Robbie Ismail were also all state. So um, those were easy selections to the first team when they're all state. That makes it a little easier. But um, picking out the 11 is is a little tough sometimes, but I think it it went pretty well. And, you know, there were a lot of teams that had great seasons. So, yeah, so it was kind of nice to be able to for us to do those all metros, kind of wrap it all together for for those six fall sports and now focus on just our main two sports for about the next month or so before all our winter sports kick off. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, just kind of fun to reminisce. I think the all metros for me, at least it, it, it's a time to kind of reflect on a season and I know for us, we were able to go see quite a bit of those players and those teams with just the circumstances of no football, no volleyball. Um, and so I think it was just kind of more fun because you start to reminisce and go, oh, yeah, I remember that game. Or, you know, you start looking at photos and you're like, oh, yeah, that was a good game, you know, or whatever it may be. So, um, so and, and you also learn more because, I mean, some of these coaches send me, I mean, cathedral uh swimmers they broke some school records and i had no idea you know and then the coach tells me about it and it's just it's just cool to kind of look back at a at a, at a fun season and with everything that's going on and the shortness of a season i think it's definitely fun to think oh my gosh we actually made it to this point where we have sections and we were able to kind of compete for a title at least because to be quite honest in august i had i didn't think this was going to be even a possibility so um but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely fun. And, and I know for us, um, I know the winter season kicks off somewhere around late, late uh, November, or early December, depending on what sport you're in. 
So like you said, we'll still have another month or so of just volleyball and football to cover, but that's quite all right. We can, we can have a couple weeks off before, before the, the craziness of winter begins. <laughs> yeah. And soon enough, we'll be in sections for both of those at the same time that all those other sports are ramping up. We'll be doing previews for all those. So yeah, it's, it'll be a week or two lull here where it's a little slower, but then it's, it's really going to pick up once those football sections start. And um, speaking of football, we're going to run through um, our picks like we've been doing every week. Uh, Brian, do you have the updated list? I know there was some, some switching in the standings. Um, both, both our upset picks actually turned out. Um, so it was, it was a pretty good week for us, I would say overall. Yeah. You and I both finished four and one. Um, you got the, you got the upset pick against Cathedral picking Holy Family, and I had the upset pick against Sartell beating Alexandria. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's we're both sitting at four and one this week. Uh, Randy, w- Randy was finished at three and two, and Dave kind of took a little bit of a tumble um, at four and one this week. You mean one and four, or one and four? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was like, man, if he was four and one, that'd be great. <laughs> um so now the overall rankings uh you and randy sit on top together at 18 and 4 and i will be at tied for whatever that is second or third at 16 and 6 and dave is at 14 and 8 so got myself a little closer after these last couple of weeks of some pretty good thank you to cathedral last week and or two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, thank you to Sartell for this week. But, um, but yeah, no, I definitely think this week is a little harder because it's the matchups are pretty black and white when it comes to just the matchup and and what to expect. But um, you never know, maybe, maybe have a couple little things here and there. So got a few things up my sleeve. That's all. Okay. Okay. I see how you are. I see how you are, but (laughs) yeah, I'm finally tied with Randy at the top. I, I picked that upset last week to hopefully get up top there and we'll see if we have um, any different picks this week. See if we have a new leader up top next week or if you pull within any games closer to Brian. So I think we'll start with the game. We were both at um, a pretty fun one, a really unique one um, last Friday night with Sock Rapids 28 tech zero um, Sock Rapids was missing a ton of players because of COVID precautions in this game. Um, and tech was coming off of um, a two week, kind of buy or so for a potential exposure within their team too. So um, it was really unique soccer Rapids. I think I counted only had maybe 32 players suited up or so um, and tech had more like 50 or 60. So um, it was, it was kind of a tough situation for them. They were on what the fourth string quarterback, I guess, technically. Third, um, I think. Yeah. One of from soccer Rapids. So um, a really, a really kind of difficult obstacle they were going to have to overcome. But Jack Klein, he stepped in as a sophomore through six for 12 for 159 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he also ran in a touchdown and Doc Rapids played pretty awesome defense throughout forced a couple turnovers um, and just and stayed steady throughout to win that game. You know, coach Klopp hockey, he was coaching for the storm. He was coaching from his truck. Um, I know you talked to him a little bit. Um, on the phone and and we got a view of the setup too we got a picture of him when he was in there um what were what were kind of your thoughts of just how crazy that game was yeah I mean going in I, I know we had a lot of rumors going around about what Sock Rapids was going to do and um to be quite honest I mean everything that I mean whatever coach club hockey I mean when when you're when you're coaching from your truck you can do it as long as you're outside the stadium which he was and so um so I mean it's 
it, it was very interesting. Um, I know he had a, I think he had a headset on and he had a, he basically said it, it was like calling plays from the press box, um, except obviously you're not watching the game, you know, full on from the press box. Instead, he's watching it from a computer screen um, or an iPad that's in his truck. But um, he said, honestly, it was a lot easier than he thought. He gave a lot of kudos to the technology crew that he that knew a lot more than what he did. So, um, but he, he said it was, it was, it was fun to just kind of still be a part of the game and be able to help out the team if he could. Um, but to be quite honest, I mean, kudos to Sock Rapids. I mean, when you have 32 kids only playing on the, on the team and um, you have a lot of kids that are going back and forth playing offense and defense, it can get tiring. And we know with injuries and different things like that, that could potentially happen. I mean, you kind of have to expect anything to be honest. And um, for, for Sock Rapids being able to, to pick up that win and, and get a, get a nice win on, on their record um, to improve to one and three this season. Um, I think it's just kind of, they're hoping that it's a snowball effect and it can, it can lead into um, another nice game against Rogers and, and kind of keep heading into that, section tournament or section time where, you know, you need to get on that hot streak in a sense. So, um, but yeah, Sock Rapids, like, like we were saying, got, got the win and um, Jack Klein had a really good performance um, on Friday with 159 passing yards and two passing touchdowns um, and a really nice running core as well for the, for the storm. But Tech will be dropping down to zero and two this this year, um, and they will be actually playing against um, in town rival Sartell this upcoming week, which will be kind of a good matchup as well. Yeah, we'll get to we'll we'll talk a little bit more more about Tech's performance when we get to when they face Sartell. But for this mm-hmm. game, you know they're going to be playing Rogers, who's three and one, has a win over Monticello, who um, beat Sock Rapids pretty handily earlier in the year. Brian, what's going to be your pick for this first matchup? You know, I, I did like what I did like what I saw from the storm this week. Um, it's it, it was it was a really good performance, but Rogers is a very tough team. I mean, they're they're very good, they're very talented, and um, their only loss came against Moorhead, which I think you and I both know what Moorhead is capable of doing. Um, so I'm going to be giving it to to Rogers. Uh, I know Randy is picking Sock Rapids. I guess once the storm wins the. He, he decides to keep the ball rolling on that. So, um, but, and then Dave is picking Rogers along with me. So a little bit of a mix between the two, but what do you got for, uh, for this matchup? Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I think, you know, the storm, like you said, it, it was looking good, but um, tech was coming also off of not playing for two weeks. That's not even um, practicing for those, you know, until that week of the sock rapids game. So um, that's such a tough thing to overcome that early in the season when you're still trying to put in packages and new plays and kind of gel together um, with a team that is pretty inexperienced with tech on a lot of the starting positions. So, yeah, I think Rogers will um, probably take care of business in this one, a Saturday start time at noon to um, I think it was originally supposed to be a Thursday game, but got moved to Saturday. So um, that's something to definitely keep an eye on. And then um, for our next game for Corey stayed undefeated with a 14 to 13 win over Becker, this was two, um, you know, top five or six ranked teams in class 4A. Um, Ricori went up in the first half on a Brady Lynn touchdown, uh, but then Becker scored twice in the third quarter. And as been the case in a lot of these games this year, it looked like Ricori might finally have that win streak snapped. It, you know, that magic might finally kind of run out. But, you, you know, hold they, on. Nope, <laughs> they, 
you, you know, at least extended for another week because they blocked the punt and Brady Lynn recovered it for the touchdown. Um, and to go and to win that game, 14 to 13, um, Camden Bauer, he threw for 154 yards, um, and was kind of, that was the main source of offense. And Luke Humbert had a pretty good game at his best receiving game, um, out of the backfield so far this year too, for them to get that win over, um, a Becker team that was the last team they had previously lost to in, in week six of last year. So, um, now they're going to be playing Delano who, you know, they played their first game of the year, got totally blown out. Um, and then they had to miss two games because of, um, COVID precautions, but then they came back and, um, kind of blew out a big lake team by even more points than Ricori did earlier in the year. So that matchup kind of looks a bit more interesting now. Um, they're going to be playing that game at Monticello High School at 5 o'clock on Friday because Ricori's finishing up their field, and it sounds like the field's going to be ready for their regular season finale um, against Hutchinson as we – is that's at least kind of the outlook they're hoping for at this point. So with this game coming up on Friday, Brian, Ricori trying to stay undefeated, move to 5-0, and do you think they're going to be able to get it done? I can't not pick the Spartans anymore. I mean, it's, it's, it's too hard. I mean, when you beat Becker, such a good team like Becker, it's, it's tough to not pick the Spartans. They're, they're ranked in the top five for their, for their class. I mean, they're, they're spot on and, and they, it seems like they just been, they, they just keep rolling from what they were able to do last year. So for me, um, the one thing that I, I'm, I'm hoping to see more of is that rushing attack. I know we've been talking about it for the last four weeks. It seems like um, just with what they were able to do, but um, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to just see that, but um, somehow they keep winning and they keep finding ways to win. So I got, I got my pick on Ricori. I think uh, Randy and Dave both picked Ricori as well. So um, will we be seeing a four pick? Yes. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the same thought. It's just really hard to pick against them at this point until I actually see them lose, come up short in a game. It seems like no matter what, I mean, this is two, three weeks in a row now that it's been, um, I mean, two weeks in a row where they've kind of had heroics near the end. And then even that, that Wasika game, they got up big near the end of the game before um, Wasika came back. But yeah, it's, you know, they're just on a roll right now. What will be fun though, I think is that, you know, it's going to be about 70 degrees at kickoff this time. So it's going to be a completely different environment. The last two have been really kind of suited their, their style this year. Now they haven't been able to run the ball would be a little better, but that defensive mentality that it's going to be a defensive battle and they're probably going to hold you to only a touchdown or two. That might be a little tougher this week, especially with, you know, playing Delano who, um, you know, has showed that they do still have that kind of high powered offense. They have Trey Longstreet, a great basketball player who's um, kind of a deadly receiver too. Um, they had a touchdown last week that might be more involved this week too. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be fun to see what Delano can bring against them on a neutral field. Um, Ricori also even more impressive doing this without a home field, having have not played in cold spring the entire season. So yeah. um, props to them for being able to pull that off too. That win was at new London Spicer high school against Becker last week. But yeah, I yeah. think Ricori is going to be able to, to get the job done again, but I think it will be once again, uh, probably a one score game. Yeah, and I, I think I know for you, you'll be heading out there this week for that matchup. So um, you'll be kind of taking on the the writing and the the photography for um, for that game. So that'll be a good one to go to a little bit earlier for you. So maybe be able to get back and watch a couple of the games. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but and then that kind of leads into our next game, which is the Albany Cass and Maynardville um, game. And I know Dave and I will be heading out to Albany this week. 
um, as they take on Litchfield. So, um, but last or last week's game, Albany went to Hopkins high school um, to play Cass and Manorville, which was kind of crazy um, to think about, but um, two undefeated teams. So kind of was expecting maybe a little bit of a closer game. Um, Huskies did not think that way. Um, they were able to get the 42 to seven win against Cass and Manorville. Um, no, no surprise here, but rushing was the, the main essence of uh, the Huskies. Once again, um, they had Will Mergen. He had 44 rushing yards. Um, Isaiah Garrods, he had 41 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. He also threw for a touchdown um, and was able to get, he went two for four for 92 yards and a passing touchdown. So That's the way to do it. <laughs> and then uh, Carter, Carter Burr, he had six carries for 68 yard, rushing yards and a touchdown. And then um, Tate Hoffarth, he had 31 rushing yards and a touchdown while uh, Nolan Reuter, he had 16 yards and two rushing touchdowns. So um, kind of a nice blend between every, between all the, seems like it's a broken record in a sense, but I mean, you, you give it off to those three and now Carter kind of came into mix a little bit this week. Um, seems like that's just the plan of the uh, plan of attack. And um, now Albany's sitting at four and heading into another tough weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to dramatize it. It's I'm picking Albany again. I'm assuming you are going to as well, um, unless you're really going to throw a wrench into the equation this time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, they're finally going to be back at home, only one home game through those first four weeks. So they'll have Litchfield an undefeated top 10 team. That'll be a really good test for them. And they'll, they'll close out against Cathedral the following week. So th- this season seems a lot like last year from what I remember where um, the entire year, basically, once we got through about week three or four, we were just kind of waiting until Albany, who's I think ranked number three in class 3A right now, and then Piers, who's ranked number four in class 3A, both going to be um, in the same section, section 6-3A, and both kind of favorites to be in that section final again. Um, it seems like we're kind of headed towards that again, unless an upset happens along the way. But um, until then, I'm going to, it's going to be kind of the Huskies or the pick, no question for me. Yeah, no, and, and I'm similar to, you know, you got to keep, got to keep picking the Spartans um, no matter what. And kind of the same way with the Huskies, you got to keep picking Albany until something happens. Um, I will say this week will be a tough matchup. Litchfield is not an easy team to, um, to go up against. Uh, they are ranked in the top 10 um, for their class along with the, with Albany as well. So it'll definitely be a good game for Dave and I to be going out to. Um, but I will be taking the Huskies as well. I know Dave is actually picking um, Litchfield. So that'll be interesting. And uh, Randy will be picking Albany. So um, a little bit of a back and forth there. I think I think Dave's just trying to get a few extra. <laughs> That's what it seems like, to be honest. I can't blame the effort. He's got to pick those points up somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that that'll be a fun one. We, you know, neither of us have got to see them. Just like we said, they've been on the road so much, not playing almost games even within an hour, um, other than their first that home game week two. So it'll be nice for us to finally um, get out there and see them get to play. Um, and moving on to Sartell, who Brian, you know, had his his prediction that they were going to take out Alexandria, even though they were um, the underdog in that one. They won by 20, 49 to twenty nine, a high scoring game there. Um, Ethan Torgrimson, 277 rushing yards, um, five rushing touchdowns, and that's about all you need to know, to be honest. It's 
it's kind of insane what he's been able to do. And I know they have some younger guys on that line too that have stepped up huge for them. Um, I know he's been – whenever we've talked to him, he's been quick to credit what all of that entire unit's been doing to to allow him to have those kind of games. And, you know, after that, that huge game against Apollo week one, um, I think had – either single digit yards or almost negative yards week two, and then had about 70 yards week three, and then jumped it to almost a school record with those 277 yards. So um, he's now leading all the area rushing list by a ton of yards. Um, what? No I know it's incredible what, what, a, you know, almost a 300 yard game will do for you, but he's jumped way up there with that game. Um, that was easily the most of anyone this year. He's rated about 500 yards for the season now. Um, and leading with 10 touchdowns overall too. So um, that's kind of what you, what you've come to expect with them, that it's, that's going to be their attack. And um, they, you know, they did give up 29 points, but still Alexander's a really high powered offense. So um, an impressive performance by them also an interception return for a touchdown um, for Sartell in that game. So um, they're going to be facing tech who, like we talked about earlier, lost to Sac Rapids. Brian, what's kind of your read on what this game is going to look like? Yeah, I, I think for me, um, I just need to see tech be able to do more uh, before I can pick them. Obviously, like you said, I mean, they were on that two week hiatus and wasn't able to practice, wasn't able to do anything. So uh, they're kind of learning more about just, they're, they're kind of learning everything about the offense. And when you're bringing in quite a bit of new faces, um, it's tough. It's definitely a tough situation and um, you never want to see a team have to do that, but you know, obviously COVID is, changing everything that we do. So, um, but I will be picking Sartell. Uh, it's just funny to think that Ethan Torgumson has had nine of the 10 coming from two games um, with a 10, with a four, four touchdown performance against Apollo. And then obviously last week with um, five touchdowns, but um, yeah, I mean, if, if he gets on a roll, you never know what can happen. And so, um, yeah, I, I think, I think Ethan will have another big night. Um, I think Cole, I know Cole really wants to kind of get into that, you know, passing attack and being able to do the play action and such. And so um, I wouldn't be surprised if that starts kind of kicking out here, heading into sections, but yeah, I'll be taking Sartell. Dave is also taking Sartell and uh, Randy is taking Sartell. So um, kind of a, this is kind of a, a across the board in a sense. Yeah. And it's going to be a clean sweep. Another game. Most of our games have been clean sweeps so far um, this week with our picks. And yeah, I'm also going to be going, um, Sartell in this one, just kind of like you said, I think it's going to be tough. I'm, I'm hoping by the time we get to sections, that's about the time tech will kind of hopefully be into the swing of things. As long as they don't have any other scares like that, they can have a couple weeks in a row under their belt and, um, kind of find out who they are as a team. But, um, the thing that impressed me the most was the connection between Lincoln Benson and Tavion Norwood. Um, they had, I think it was maybe 12, um, 12 receptions for Catavion. He had 122 yards receiving, um, the vast majority of their offense, um, where they couldn't really get their rushing attacking going against the storm. So um, I'd say that's the connection, obviously, that Sartell's going to have to look out for and try to shut down. Um, but beyond that, I think Ethan should have probably a really good game on the ground again this week. So I'm going to be picking um, Sartell as well. And then we only have one more game um, left to pick this week so far um, after Cathedral lost their homecoming game 21 to 1, 21 to 11 to Holy Family. Um, Cathedral had an 11. One. I know. <laughs> How do you it's get a really one? unique game. <laughs> um, yeah, they lost to Holy Family after being up 11 nothing um, at halftime. Andrew Rod had a 91-yard rushing touchdown in that first half, and he finished with 155 yards, um, which was a huge game for him. Um, but 
Holy Family was able to kind of come back down the stretch. Brian, you were at this game on Saturday. Can you just give a little more insight into how Holy Family was kind of able to to come back and steal that game at the end? Yeah, I mean, the Crusaders kind of had that lead, like we were saying, 11 to nothing at the half, and it seemed like they kind of took control. I mean, they it, it wasn't anything flashy. It wasn't anything, you know, amazing. It was just a really good game for the Crusaders in that first half. Um, similar in the second half as they went into the third quarter, because Holy Family didn't score until late in the third quarter. Um, so it seemed like they kind of controlled most of the, the, the first three quarters. Um, they had a really good three quarters. And then towards the end with like about a minute left in the game, um, Holy Family got the ball and was able to drive down the field and get a touchdown to take the lead. And then on the, on the following kickoff, they kicked it and um, the cathedral returner fumbled the ball and, um, Holy Family was able to pick it up and, and score again. So um, it was just kind of it was it was a it was a tough it was a tough game in in that sense because I know Cathedral was kind of on that high beating Little Falls last week and being able to come in this time and play a team um, like Holy Family it, it it was it was unfortunate to see but um, but still really good glimmers of you know positivities um, heading into this week against. Um, a team that has a similar record, which is New London Spicer, um, who's sitting at one and three as well. Yeah, and you know, Cathedral, this was their only home game. Originally, they wanted to have it at um, Rao Field, at their practice field, um, with snow, which is now way gone. And we've been in the 60s all week, so it's even hard to remember that. But um, because of that, they, and just with everything going on, they moved it to Tech. Um, and so that was their one home game. Now they're going to, like you said, going to New London Spicer, um, who's one and three. They, um, have one week win in week one against Watertown mayor. Um, and the thing that stuck out to me the most, which is um, going to be the reason I'm picking the Wildcats is, you know, when they played Albany a couple weeks ago, they held them to only eight points, which is someone no one else has been able to do this year. Um, that kind of really impressed me, even though that was um, not the best night for football, um, just weather wise, but a team like Albany, the rushing attack that shouldn't affect them too much, but they were still able to only hold them to eight points. So I think I'm going to go with new London in this game. Yeah, I am going to go with the Crusaders. I, I liked what I saw against Holy Family. And like I said, you know, three quarters. If you take out that fourth quarter, it was a really good game. Um, I, actually, if you take out basically the last two minutes of the game, it was a good game for, for the Crusaders. So um, so I, I'm going to go with Cathedral. I, I like what I saw. I, I wanted to see them just to get a sense of what they were able to do. And um, I think their offense is pretty solid. Um, you have quite a bit of some of um, some senior leadership that that shows that you know they can they can be able to do something offensively. So I'm going to take Cathedral. Um, I know Dave is taking New London Spicer as well as Randy, so I will be the only one that is going to be taking Cathedral. But got to get closer, you know. So let's let's do it, Crusaders. Let's give me that win. Is this the fifth time you picked them? You picked them every single week. I have. Yep, I have. So of your. So of your six losses this year, three are from picking Cathedral. Yeah, but not not, not but not this week. No, not the next one. So. Okay, that's the confidence I love to see. Yep. Yep. And then lastly, we were going to have one more game to pick, but it's going to kind of have to be uh, one we're going to have to do off um, off the airwaves here because Apollo, after not playing um, the last two weeks because of COVID guidelines, they were going to be playing Chisago Lakes, um, but Chisago Lakes not playing sports right now, so they're trying to reschedule as we speak. Um, trying to either schedule that game Friday or Saturday, um, still up in there, who that could be, if it would be on the road, home, anything. So 
Um, at the time we're recording this on Wednesday, um, November 4th here, we have no idea, but um, once we do, we'll, all of us will make a pick and you'll just have to kind of trust our, our fairness <laughs> with it, I guess, and, and take our word for, for what we decide. Once we see the final score, we'll make our pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what we're talking about. You know how this podcast works. Well, yeah, no, other than that, so yeah, like we said, I'm going to be at the Ricori game um, against Delano, which will be played at Monticello at 5 o'clock on Friday. Um, and Brian will be with Dave Schwartz at the Albany game versus Litchfield, two 4-0 teams. Um, so I think it should be a really fun night of football. And then already the following week, um, we have some Wednesday, Thursday games, end of regular season, and then we're, we're getting section seedings, then we're off to the races for sections. So yeah, I think this will be a really good week to kind of, now that um, hopefully Apollo can find a team to play in, you know, for the first time since week one, um, all seven of our teams will actually be playing on the same week. And we can kind of start to get a little better idea what, what they're shaking out like towards sections. Yeah, definitely. No, it'll be, be a fun weekend. I, I, I'm looking forward to, it'll be fun to see Albany. I know I've been kind of looking forward to seeing them this year and uh, it'll be fun to be able to see them in person against a, a good team. And um, same with Ricori. I think it'll be fun to see how, how Ricori does as well. So yeah, some good, good games coming up. So make sure to, Make sure to you know be tuning in whether that's sctimes.com for updates or our Twitter accounts. Um, otherwise, there are live streams going on for every sport or for every team. So make sure to check that out as well. Yeah, all great options to make sure you stay up to date with what's happening. Um, but yeah, so that'll about wrap up our football picks again for this week. Like we said earlier, I'm tied with Randy at the top. Brian, two games back and another upset pick cathedral could be a little closer next week. And Dave also picking an upset or two to, to try to come back from now that he's in fourth place. So yeah, still interesting. And I think we're going to continue this through sections and everything too. Um, so it's not like you got to next week, you got to pick six underdogs or something to, to try to make up any points. I think we're going to keep this going until um, the football season's over. So thanks for everyone that's, that's tuned in and keeping up, but yeah, that's going to finish football for us today. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll get back to, there were some pretty good volleyball games last Thursday and also Monday night that we want to get to as, Um, The conference seasons are in full swing. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with that after the break. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. We're going to wrap up today's show with a little volleyball talk after we've got up to quite a few matches here since the last time we recorded. Um, the one I kind of want to start with is the one I was at uh, solo on Monday night, Albany 3, Cathedral 0. Um, both teams entered undefeated on the season, 9-0 and combined, and they'd only lost two sets total. Um, so one of those matches that it kind of is going to decide probably the Granite Ridge unless there's some kind of wacky results along the way here. Um, they'll get to they'll get to meet one more time, so Cathedral might have a chance to to you know kind of get back at them when they play at home. This game was at Albany on Monday night, but um, Albany was was all business. They won twenty five thirteen, twenty five fifteen, twenty five nineteen, and they started on stretches of uh, leading five nothing and seven nothing in the first and second set with senior setter Paige Meyer who eclipsed um, two thousand career assists the previous week. She was serving during both those stretches. She finished with thirty five assists. Um, that night and also I think had eight digs as well. So 
she had a big performance. Um, Ashley Weaver, she led with nine kills. Um, a host of hitters, you know, they combined each had about between six and eight kills, four or five other ones for Albany. So um, it was just a really dominant effort. And, and yeah, uh, Albany coach Brian Hines, he was really pleased with their hitters' performance. Um, you know, he said that they made Cathedral kind of get uncomfortable and have to scramble a lot, especially in those early service games. Um, and also just, you know, they weren't Cathedral wasn't really able to do what they wanted to. And he thought, you know, uh, Paige especially did a really good job making that difficult with the serving, but the hitters just had a lot of blocks and made it really difficult for Cathedral the whole game. So Cathedral dropped two, four and one with that loss. Um, and they'll travel to Z Zimmerman at seven o'clock on Thursday. And Albany is still yet to lose a set this year. Um, really impressive six and oh now. Um, and they're going to be at Mora um, on Thursday to try to move up to seven and oh. Yeah, definitely. And, and also on, uh, um, on Monday while we're there, we'll, we'll kind of go back to Thursday um, after, but, Apollo did get the three to one victory over Ricori. Um, Ricori got that win against Sock Rapids on Thursday, um, but was not able to get the win against Apollo. Um, Apollo won 20, or they actually lost the first set 20, 23, 25. Um, and then they came back and won 25, 19, 25, 21, 25, 20. Um, Noelle Hackenmuller, she had 17 kills and 18 digs for the Eagles. Great. Great match for her and great performance for her. Kendra Horn had 42 assists, and Lauren Freeman had 15 kills as well. She kind of came onto the scene last week um, against Sartell um, and was able to help the Eagles out there. For Corey, on the other hand, they had um, Lexi, Lexi Jerk had 27 digs um, on Monday, which unbelievable number. Um, Abby Notch had 22 digs and eight kills. Um, and then Michaela Winter had 18 assists and 11 digs and one ace. So um, just, uh, I, I mean, a good, a good outing for them, but obviously not getting that win. Um, but Apollo will be um, heading out to Sock Rapids at 7 p.m. Thursday for their next match. Recorey will be hosting Tech on Monday at 7 p.m. Um, that was moved from Thursday's match and is moved to next Monday. So, um, Ricori's sitting at one and five and Apollo is at two and four. Yeah. I was able to see that Ricori team when they were able to beat Sock Rapids, um, the previous Thursday. And that was kind of a crazy one because they, they won the first two sets. Um, they was pretty close, but they were able to come away with those wins, 25, 23 and 25, 17. And then Sock Rapids, they, they really just seemed to gain in confidence as the game went on. It was only their second game of the year at the time. And they took that second set late 25, 23, um, they rattled off a bunch of late points um, to win the second, uh, the fourth set, 25-15. And then it was back and forth, back and forth in that final set. I think it was at it was either at 8-8 eight, eight or at 9-8. Um, there was a, a rally that went for probably a minute, almost a minute and a half straight. Um, the Sock Rapids was able to win. And at that point, I kind of thought that might be the momentum they needed to win that match. But Ricori really dug in, won the majority of points um, on a 6-1 run to finish that set. Um, and yeah, just really impressive. Abby Notch had 12 kills for Ricori um, to lead them. Chloe Leeser and uh, Michaela Winter, they combined for 37 assists and 26 digs. Um, and Soccer Rapids also had um, some pretty good performances early on in the year here for them. But um, it was, you know, the first win um, for Ricori this season. That was big for them. First for their head coach, um, Matt Ricori. So um, good to see them finally get into the win column. Definitely. 
And while you were over at uh, that match, I was over in Sartell um, with Dave, and we were watching the Sartell-Apollo match. Um, Sartell had no problem getting the victory against um, Apollo, um, getting the 25-13, to 25-16, 25-18 win. Um, the, the big one, the big thing that Sartell has been kind of seeing is Aubrey Flynn. She took over the libero position for the Sabres as injuries kind of took a toll for their libero position. Um, and she's been kind of getting more comfortable back there. Um, obviously still learning the ropes just as a, um, as a young player, but, um, she's definitely feeling a little bit more confident. And, uh, I think it's shown, um, with their defensive attack that they're able to do and be able to get the ball up for Morgan, um, Vosberg, but Morgan actually had a really good outing. She had 42 assists, um, and she was able to pass it off to quite a bit of quite a various amount of hitters, um, with five different hitters earning five kills or more in the match. Um, Elizabeth Dilly, no surprise there, but 16 kills and 14 digs kind of, honestly, it was probably even a low number for her, <laughs> what she's been able to do over the last, uh, last month or so. Um, and then Courtney Snowberg and, um, Caitlin Hammer each had eight kills. So, um, just a really good performance by them. Paige Cox had nine kills for the Eagles while Lauren Freeman had eight kills. She kind of came in, um, in the third set, uh, and, kind of made a little bit of a run for Apollo. Apollo was actually tied with them, I think somewhere around 14, 14 or so. Um, And Lauren was able to kind of pick off about six in a row for kills um, and just had a really good, but of course um, Sartell was able to come back and and get the win. But um, yeah, I think for Sartell, the big matchup is going to be coming up here this week. Um, We will be, Zach and I will both be over there, but um, they Sartell will be hosting Wilmer on Thursday at 7 PM, a huge matchup for um, conference wise because they Sartell went out to Wilmer earlier on in the year and, and lost to Wilmer um, in a close matchup as well. And I know for them, they have circled this matchup and they are looking forward to getting out there and, and playing, um, playing Wilmer on Thursday for sure. But yeah, that'll be kind of a fun one. I know you and I are both looking forward to that match. Yeah, especially coming off a sweep, a team like Sartell doesn't really get swept, especially in the last two years. Going back to last year with their incredible run, and yeah, so that's something that is 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 new for them to to have to bounce back from a loss like that. But um, when we're eight zero in the conference, hasn't faced too much, um, you know, competition from other schools as well. So I think this is the best the best matchup probably in the Central Lakes we're going to get to see for the rest of the regular season. So yeah, we're excited that. Um, tomorrow night we'll get to see that matchup that starts at seven um, out at Sartell. So yeah, that'll, that's kind of the big one on our radar and yeah, that, unless there's anything else, Brian, I think that kind of wraps up the show today. Yeah, no, I think next week uh, we'll be kind of previewing some more football games. Football will be moving into Wednesday and Thursday next week as the final week of the regular season. Um, And uh, we'll be having plenty of coverage on that as well. So make sure to come back for, um, our 12th episode next year, next week. We're already in the double digits. That's awesome. I know it's gone fast. Yeah. It's, it's been <laughs> fun. Like we said, this fall, it, as weird as it's been, it's still been somewhat normal. We've been able to do this every week, have games to go to. Um, so can't complain too much. So yeah. So that about wraps it up for today's show. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the podcast and um, we'll be back again next week.